to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing good. Um, what you been playing in the last week? Also, well, actually, I picked up an interesting game that kind of popped up um, when I was looking at random videos. It's called Medieval Dynasty, and it's very early access it's like 0.2 alpha uh mostly i picked it up because it was on sale and it was less than 20 bucks and i'll try a pre-alpha game for 20 bucks uh you get put in the role of a nobleman's son and obviously bad things happen and you get sent off on your own and you basically have to rebuild uh, your family fortune from scratch so it borrows elements from like um, survival world builders, like Seven Days to Die, Minecraft, things like that. Only there's not really zombies. It's a more of a realistic game. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't jump thirty feet in the air. You don't have zombies or creepers or anything like that going on. You just have, you know, your two hands and your skills. And like I said, it is very early access. Um, a lot of the functionality isn't really quite there. Um, but it's, it's got the potential to be a good game, and like I said, I did get in on it early. Um, so right now all I've done is uh, built a little house, uh, try to figure out how the mechanics work. Uh, it's one of those games that's going to change a lot and be like a good four or five years before they consider it like done-done, like in a 1.0 version. I mean, hell, Seven Days to Die, I bought that like eight years ago, and technically it's still on like Alpha 19 right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, just bounced around between a few games. Uh, I got 70, Fallout 76 redownloaded because I did want to try the Wastelanders part of it. It's definitely improved since launch, but granted that was, you know, a scientifically designed, specially ordered low bar to get over. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. I still love the Fallout franchise, mm. but they just, like I said long a long time ago they just let that thing out way too early than they needed to what a piece of shit <laughs> of a game it definitely yeah. did not have the best start of yeah, a game yeah but if, uh, I'll, I'll say this i'll just say this again if you want to have a good laugh go and uh jim sterling's done quite a few videos on fallout 76 with gameplay um footage as well and it's just yeah <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, I just to you know combat against that a little bit. I have heard that you know with the Wastelanders update, it's the best the game has been. Which I guess you know, if if you're if you're someone that bought the game for sixty dollars or something, and you really want to get something out of it, I guess maybe there is something there for it. I can't obviously speak to that because I'll never go near that game unless someone pays me. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, if, if people are saying at the moment, like, okay, this Wastelanders update made it tolerable or interesting in, in, in some kind of way, then that, that, that's, that's good for the people that are enjoying the state that the game's in, but, yeah. It definitely yeah. added what was needed, but it still needs more, how, but at least it shows they're going in the right direction. How long was it between the game's release and the Wastelanders update? Do you know, roughly? Like a good two years, two years? like easily yeah. two years. Yeah, because I, I can't remember honestly when the because it's it's not Fallout seventy six isn't really a game I think about. So yeah, uh, in terms of tracking like the the release date and stuff, but yeah, it's been it's been at least a couple of years maybe since that game's been out. So yeah, uh, have you played any more um, Tony Hawk at all? 
Some NBC. Uh, a had little that. bit when I when I want a game, but I got like something to do, like ten twenty minutes. I'll bust out Tony Hawk, and because that's a game you can put you know, like five ten minutes into, and then mm-hmm. just stop where you're at. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I appreciate games that that do that. So uh, cool for me. Uh, still played uh, some more of the Crash Bandicoot four demo, and I tell you what, like I I think I remember saying yeah on last week's podcast that like Crash was a bit different to sort of control or move and i had to kind of get used to that i tell you what now that i've gotten used to how he moves and that sort of thing this, this game's such a delight to play i can't i can't wait to see i mean it's only gonna be the next friday comes out uh the 2nd of october whenever that is i haven't got a calendar in front of me so um but yeah it's it's such a delight to play and um some people would find it tedious to you know look around for different boxes and like oh where did i miss the different box and, and that sort of stuff but it's it's been really really good and uh, the other good side of that as well is one of the levels that they put in the de- in the demo was uh, a cortex level got used to playing as him played the level a good few times he's good fun to kind of play as and um that wasn't one of my worries about the game it was one of my points of sort of okay you're adding a bunch of different playable characters there's about five different ones how are they all going to play you know feel to kind of uh, players and and that sort of stuff but so uh, it's it's good that at least one of them so far has worked out i don't know how well um i mean coco for the most part will probably be similar to crash because she was in the original trilogy uh, but they're adding, you know, Dingo Dahl and uh, Tawana, Cortex, and um, I think those are the five, and Crash himself, obviously. Um, so yeah, really, I'm really, really happy with, that, with how the game's turned out so far, which is which is great. So um, yeah, really looking forward to that on, on October 2nd. I've come out with a particular plan, though, because um, mm-hmm. I played the demo for like two days or something, and I kept going over and over the levels and stuff, just you know, trying to get used to the the new feel of the game and how differently uh, Crash controlled and stuff. And then I thought, okay, I need, I want to get back to and finish The Last of Us, not to like rush through it or anything. I mean, I've been taking my time with it, if if anything. But what my plan is now, okay, the Crash comes out in just over a week or so. If I just keep the momentum going with Last of Us Two and keep, well, obviously keep enjoying it. Um, and that sort of thing. Just keep playing that, go through that, and then what I want to do, which I think is actually a good idea, if I finish that, well, possibly within within a couple of days or so, the the uh, first playthrough of the game took me four days, you know, on and off, that sort of thing. Um, so if I'm giving myself about seven or ten days to sort of play uh, through the, the second half of the game, I should be able to easily do that. So what I want to do is... Um, go through the rest of last of us still continuing to enjoy it and everything i'll talk about it a little bit more in a second and then once i finish that um go back to crash and then kind of train again if you know what i mean like before the actual main game comes out so if i finish last of us 2 then go back to the crash demo which is going to be on my on my playstation still um and then kind of go through all three levels again sort of train again with the again with the game and stuff and uh, get used to you know the, the new kind of mechanics with crash and stuff and then when the game actually comes out i can kind of jump in more prepared for uh for the actual release of the game if that makes sense um because otherwise what i would end up doing what's end up what, what's going to end up happening is if if now i go back to the crash demo and play that for like another five days or a week and then go back to last of us and then i go through last of us again or can continue to go through last of us and then it's two days till crush comes out i'm going to get caught in a ghost of tsushima situation again where i'll go back to last of us keep enjoying it oh crash wars come out now i've got two big games to kind of play do you know what i mean so that that kind of that kind of makes sense the uh 
plan that I've got there. Hello. Yeah, that makes oh. perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, gonna do that. I do have another plan, which is um, at some point. I mean, I could do it whenever I want. Uh, go through, not necessarily go through it for a third playthrough, but go through the different encounters. There's a lot of different ones in the game. Um, and then equip the like infinite ammo and infinite med kit and stuff like that, and just kind of have a lot more f- just like you know crazy sort of fun with the gameplay and stuff. So I'm gonna gonna do that as well at some point. But my plan at the moment: finish this Last of Us two playthrough, go back to the crash demo, get sort of trained again or whatever, uh, get back sort of with the momentum, and then Crash Four can come out, and then I'll play that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, speaking of my experience with Last of Us two, I'm still finding whole areas whole sort of dialogue sequences that i just didn't even find before now i wasn't rushing my way through the first playthrough of last of us 2 obviously it's a game i've been waiting for for years and uh it wasn't this case where i was just rushing through the game but i wasn't looking around as thoroughly as what i am now <clears throat> and like i'm finding whole rooms with like different little stories that have kind of happened and stuff because often at times in the game you'll find these little rooms or like someone's been dead in there a long time and there'll be a note and the note will give context as to like okay what happened to that person they've like written to somebody or somebody's left a note for them or something or sometimes both as well uh, sometimes you'll find a note that's been left by the person that's dead and a note that's left for them as well uh, and that tells some like you know interesting little sort of world building story so that's been really really good um i also found this uh little dialogue scene as well now i'm not gonna go i don't i i'm not really gonna consider this a spoiler because it doesn't really talk about character fates but you know the the vita girl in that trailer do you Mm -hmm. you remember that there's a particular section where you're playing as abby and i didn't actually notice this in my first playthrough because again i was just kind of going through the game normally there's a part where you're in um one of the camps that abby's in she goes to a lot of different places and she's sitting at this table playing the Vita. Uh, I think it's Hotline Miami again or whatever. And um, in certain Naughty Dog games like in Uncharted and stuff. You'll have like a triangle sort of conversation prompt. Went over to her and she's like. They're talking about um, they're going to go to this hospital next. And there's a whole obviously big scene that happens there later. Um, and Nabby says to her like. Oh is what's that are you enjoying that game that you're playing or something and she says yeah yeah and you can still hear it kind of blaring out over the headphones like you can in that little gameplay sequence thing from the state of play and um she says like oh are you enjoying it she says like yeah it's really hard but i'm enjoying it and then abby sort of slightly walks off a bit you get one last triangle sort of prompt i pressed it and she goes fucking video games which i just thought was a great little meta thing because she's literally a created video game character I uh, I thought that was great. So, um, any thoughts on that at all? I mean, it's a fun little nod and a yeah. fun little Easter egg. Um, outside of that, I mean, it is... A, sorry. I thought I had my phone on me. I apologize. Um, yeah, it's a fun little Easter egg, fun little note. But outside of that, um, you know, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. It's funny as well because sometimes when you score a goal in FIFA... And uh, you score in maybe a particular way, and the commentator will say, "Oh, it's almost like he's playing FIFA." I like little sort of meta stuff like that. Not something that's going to completely break the fourth wall, or like Abby doesn't turn around and wink at the camera or anything like that. But um, I, ju- I just like little things like that that just kind of remind you that you're whatever. So uh, other than that, I'm still having a blast with this with, with the game. I still think it's incredible and everything, which I've said 
half a dozen times. So, yeah, Crash 4, uh, still playing that. Obviously, Last of Us Part 2, uh, still playing some Call of Duty here and there. Speaking of Call of Duty, I did play the uh, Black Ops Cold War Alpha that that was on at the weekend. I almost forgot that it was happening. It's, it's alright. I know it's in an alpha state, and which is weird because the game's out in like two months in uh, November. Um, I don't know. It's just not as good as as Modern Warfare. It's still very much grounded. It's you know set a little bit further back in the future. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what year the game's set in necessarily. Um, but yeah, it was it was fine. The weapons felt all right to use. It's interesting because you know with last week how I was saying about um. Somebody asked me in my Call of Duty plans, they said, like, okay, you're going to jump to the new one, is it going to be on PS5, whatever, and uh, I logged back in, I went to play some Call of Duty yesterday, and I started asking a couple of different friends, like, oh, did you play the alpha, what did you think of it, no one seems to really like it, <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe everyone will just kind of stick with Modern Warfare on uh, the, their current platforms and stuff, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't spoken to anyone that's actually liked it so far. Um, so I'll, uh, I haven't played with everyone necessarily since then, so I'll ask a couple of other people, but, yeah, everyone's like, oh, it's, it's fine, like, it's, it's alright, it's not bad, not good, it's just, it's just kind of average and fine, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, happens with that in November, I guess, when the game comes out, so, uh, anyway, that's everything I've been up to, uh, let's get into some housekeeping, we'll see you for that in a minute. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Flow. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. Creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Gualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts 
and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, not a full podcast necessarily, not a preview podcast, but I just wanted to do a sort of primer thing for uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It was confirmed earlier this week and we also talked about it this week on Geek Town. Uh, October 16th, so that's a Friday, the day after the CBS All Access airing for Star Trek Discovery. So pretty much following the same formula it was following for the last two years you know the episode on thursdays cbs all access and then friday netflix uk the next morning uh which does mean that the podcast is going to be uh for friday 16th october for the season three episode one when when that happens so in a couple of weeks so i didn't feel the need or want to necessarily do a season three preview but uh, just did something to kind of update the feed and let people know i'll be back and that kind of thing so if you if you're subscribed to the uh, discovering star trek feed or the main entertainment talk feed or if you check the website, uh, you should be able to find that as well. Just a little thing to kind of just say, you know, the show's coming back soon, so am I, and there we go. So uh, you can have a look out for that. <clears throat> um, watched a Netflix horror film the other day called Alive. It's a uh, yeah horror f- zombie horror film that's on Netflix, and I debuted a new part of the rating system, which I'm not going to explain again here because I did it on that podcast, uh, but I've given it a must-see rating um and it's called alive it's on netflix and that's my spoiler free recommendation type of review for that it's about 15 minutes long the review uh, and you can go and find the film itself on netflix i believe it's an original so you should be able to find it no matter where you live on netflix but you can have a look out for that what do you think of the uh must see thing i wish i had a chance to see it yet i haven't i've just been kind of busy with other stuff but i'll definitely check it out cool Nice, uh, but let me know what you think of all of that. Uh, Let's play Sundays uh, episode fifty-three, which is for the one of the levels of the Crash Bandicoot four uh, demo, so you can have a look out for that. Um, United cast May United lost three-one at home to Crystal Palace on the opening day of the Premier League. We did earlier tonight beat it was Luton three-nil. Uh, I think yeah, that was away uh, in the Carabao Cup. So uh, you can check out my podcast for the Crystal Palace game, just talking about some disappointments and. Uh, transfer nonsense and um other things as well related to that team so you can check that out if you want to uh me and gray last week did a tv talk episode we talked about amazon primes little fires everywhere the original amazon series based on the book because uh, i've seen a few episodes of that we talked about criminal season one and two on uh, netflix as well i haven't seen the second season yet and still haven't but uh gray talked a bit about season one and i kind of talked about my experience uh, sorry, Grey talked about Season 2 and I talked about my experience from Season 1. So you can have a look out for that. And we talked about just a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, Diabolical 7 for the boys is still continuing on Friday. So you can check that out. We're up to Season 2, Episode 5. And this week will be Season 2, Episode 6. So have a look out for the podcast later for that. Uh, we do have plans for Robert to join me for the season finale. But we'll sort that out when we get to the season finale. Gaming talk last week. Obviously talked about the PlayStation 5 stuff. Uh, and Xbox Series X info. And a whole bunch of other things as well. Breaking Bad podcast is still continuing. Uh, every Wednesday there's going to be a new episode released. We're up to season 1 episode 2. And uh, the season 1 episode 3 podcast will be released tomorrow. So a bunch of stuff on entertainmenttalk.org. And on podcast platforms. Uh, now we're going to talk about a little purchase someone made in the news. We'll see you for that in a minute.
Alright, so massive news that came out this week. Uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was Monday, because remember, I messaged you and I said that giant thud you felt was literally every single gamer falling out of their chair simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft, of course, the owners of the Xbox and the upcoming Xbox Series X, has acquired Bethesda. Uh, currently announced Bethesda games will not be uh, ex- exclusive and future titles will be on a case-by-case basis. So that means things like uh, Tokyo Ghostwire, I think it's called, uh, Deathloop, and some of the other upcoming Ubisoft games won't be exclusive. I haven't heard a clear statement on... Um, Elder Scrolls 6 and Star... Is it Starfield? Starfield. Starfield, yeah. Um, On that. And Microsoft made this purchase for $7.5 billion. Uh, Big, big news here, Robert. What's what's your thoughts? Uh, Well, first off, they're getting a lot for their money. I mean, yeah, $7.5 billion, or as Microsoft calls it, pocket change, is a lot of (laughs) money. But they didn't buy Bethesda. They bought Bethesda's parent company. Yeah. Yeah. Zenimax. So they get uh, Bethesda Game Studio, Bethesda Softworks, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Games Workshop, Alpha Dog, Zenimax Online Studios, and Roundhouse Studios. So that means the Dishonored, the Wolfensteins, the Elder Scrolls, the Fallouts, Doom, Evil Within, Prey. That's all under Microsoft's thing now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so are you happy about this acquisition? Uh, it would be more accurate to say I'm not unhappy with it. Um, Microsoft has always had a long history of uh, playing well with others. I mean, we had a story, what, was it last week or the week before that, to where they added VR support for Minecraft on PlayStation 4? Yeah. So they're clearly not... Yeah, yeah, they're they're clearly not going to, you know, take all these games and be just like, mine, and never have them come out on PlayStation 5 or 4 ever again. And they did say that they're going to honor the other contracts, so Deathloop and Tokyo War. Although I could have swore um, the Tokyo game was only just a timed exclusive. It wasn't an actual... I think like, so. Ex- yeah. Exclusive exclusive. Maybe, yeah. Um, my question is, why Bethesda? Um, I mean, I've, you know, not liked what they've done for the last couple of years. I'm not saying specifically for that reason, because their games haven't been good, apart from Doom, Doom Eternal, which was well-received. Well um, I just kind of wonder. You look at like the the gaming the gaming companies out there and the developers and studios and that. Um, I don't know. Just kind of wonder. I mean, I can't have that question answered on this podcast because you, I can't answer that question and neither can you, unfortunately. But um, yeah, just kind of something that popped into my head was like, okay, why? What is it about Bethesda? I actually do think at the end of the day, this is a bigger win for Bethesda than it is for Microsoft because I think. Bethesda really, really needed something like this because um, even though yes, sure, Doom did, Doom Eternal did really well, was well received by by uh, people that played it and that. Um, and other than that, you look at you know obviously Fallout seventy six that we've talked about. Uh, Wolfenstein wasn't very good. Dishonored two was was okay, um, and a lot of their other games just haven't been um, particularly great. And there was also a lot of discussion, I think, around the time Fallout seventy six came out that. Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield. Yeah, I keep forgetting the name of that game for some reason. Uh, Starfield was going to potentially use the same engine, which I think would have been a complete disaster. So I do think that Microsoft kind of stepping in here, giving obviously some financial support because they own own the studios and whatnot now. Um, this certainly feels more of a sort of 
this is more just in, instead of this actually affecting the gaming industry as, as far as consumers are concerned i think this is just more of a business move to me that's kind of it, it just feels like they, they've gained a little bit more power because it's also the case that if you look at the last couple of years from microsoft apart from probably gears forza and halo most of their other games have come to ps4 and or switch i mean ori and the will of the wisps uh last week i think it was last week got released for switch that came over to there most of their other games have um and i i do i do think microsoft will still keep some cards close to the chest like i don't i don't think you'll see gears forza or halo or hellblade um pop up on switch or or playstation i could be wrong about that obviously that's just my sort of prediction but it just sort of feels like over the last couple of years they've swayed away from um you know we're just focusing on xbox it's felt more like okay we're focusing we're more of a service now we you know we make games kind of for game pass and this game pass is going to be available on phones and you know tablets and laptops and other places so it kind of feels like this is just more games to add to game pass and then probably at some point switch and or ps5 so in terms of like playstation gamers being worried about oh i'm not going to get elder scroll 6 or whatever um i don't think you need to necessarily worry about that now i do think that obviously it it will make sense sense to me whenever elder scroll 6 does come out okay it'll be day and date with um you know game pass and it will only be on xbox for a certain amount of time that would make sense um, and then probably six months to a year later, it'll end up on on PlayStation. So um, it it just feels like more of a just a, a business investment. I'm not trying to sort of minimize this because this this is still a huge acquisition, and we'll talk about how much it costs in a minute. But it just feels like more of a business thing. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it definitely would make sense for Microsoft to have those games as a timed exclusive. If you remember, like, is it the first or second Tomb Raider was like a one-year exclusive on the yeah. Xbox platform versus yeah. the PlayStation. Uh, so there's no doubt there's going to be that. And there's no doubt that this is more of a business move for Game Pass because all of these games are going to be day one Game Pass um, ready when they come out. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to be more incentive to get either Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate if you're an online player. Above all that, what I really hope that it does is that it gives Bethesda a kick in the ass that they have definitely needed for some time now. We've oh, talked yeah. a lot about Fallout 76, but if you look at like some of the early stuff when it first launched, there was some copy-pasted animation from Skyrim that was on Fallout 76, and that just kind of showed you they were making a lot of shortcuts. Mm. And so hopefully they'll get they'll get the kick in the ass they need. Um, above all else, I think it's super funny with all the memes that are coming out of it right now. I think my two favorite one, it has, uh, um, Phil Spencer with his eyes glowing like super green and it's a headline that says, fuck it, just by, just by Sony. And then the other mm-hmm. one was, uh, actually from the, one of the Xbox, uh, Twitter accounts that says we just bought Bethesda. So, uh, Todd Howard would stop porting Skyrim to random devices. <laughs> And you gotta love it when their uh, social media team is on point like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sure. yeah, I mean, their their animation has been lacking for a while on certain things. They uh, really need to update their game engines. They were saying initially that Starfield was going to be on the same engine, and that would that kind of like doomed it from the start. Uh, so hopefully they'll get you know their house in order and get things sorted out and taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That- and- the other helpful thing, has, I guess, is uh, in Exile and Obsidian are also 
in under the same roof now as well so they can kind yeah. of work together i guess which is good yeah yeah they can uh they can let obsidian make uh new vegas too and, and while i'm one of the few people that's not a bigger fan of new vegas over fallout 3 i also like three better i know a lot of people that just were vibrating so hard at the joy of a possibility of Ve- new vegas 2 i literally thought they're gonna phase through their chair flash style mm. yeah so um let me ask you kind of a hypothetical question let's say you're phil spencer obviously the guy in charge of xbox and let's say that you for for whatever reason dismiss buying bethesda you don't do it you go to you want to buy someone but it's not bethesda who else do you think that specifically xbox with what xbox would maybe need who would you see value in and maybe go for I don't know that there is somebody. I mean, there's there was obviously those rumors a while back with WB, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think with buying Zenimax whole and getting all those studios and getting all those IPs, uh, I mean, it's not a buy it for now purchase. This is a buy it for three, four years down the road purchase because they said they were going to honor the contracts and then everything else is base by base. Let's say, I mean, this is never going to happen, but let's say Phil Spencer retires. He's pretty young, so I don't see him retiring anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but let's say he does retire, and his replacement is a lot more aggressive with uh, exclusives. Mm-hmm. They could just literally shut out PlayStation on half the games market at this point. From all the studios they've owned and all the studios, all the games that are coming out from those studios, they could literally freeze Sony out of a good 30 to 40% of the video game market. Mm. That's not the best business decision in terms of you know making yourself popular. Some people will jump ship just out of spite. Um, but they could do that, and they could also just do, like we talked about, just timed exclusive. You know, it's on our first day one. You guys get it. Uh, well, we'll just tell you later. Um, and it doesn't even have to be long, because you got to remember, what, like 75 80% of game sales are in that first initial couple of months. And you've got, and if you get people that have it on, have both consoles, have you know, they're both uh, have PlayStations and uh, Xboxes. He's like, oh, even you know, if it comes out like a month or two, you know, get it for Game Pass. You played it, you've already played it. You got no reason to buy it on Sony. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would maybe look at somebody like CD Projekt Red. That's one of the companies I consider. I could I consider that for a hot second, but they've really been a go our own way company. I mean, granted, Microsoft could write a check big enough. I mean, you know what's sealed saying: you know, money talks and bullshit walks. So I can't dismiss the fact that they could throw out a number big enough. But I mean, CD Projekt Red. Let's face it; they've had they've got two relevant titles. They've got Witcher, which is not going to have a new game for at least three or four years. And they've got Cyberpunk, which in theory is coming out this year. And then whatever they've got in the pipeline only has the hype from the studio. Yeah. And I don't see them needing to get a exclusive Microsoft contract for when their next IP does come out to get people hyped for it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. I, I just see some. I see value in the CD Projekt Red. I know that they would be a bit more of a sporadic release kind of company and not somebody that makes you know two games a year or something um oh i 100 percent respect 
I 100 respect the value of CD Projekt Red and yeah. the titles they make. I've often said, well, I, I could never get into the controls of Witcher 3. I absolutely saw its quality and its build. That's what's kept me optimistic on uh, Cyberpunk coming out here in a couple of months. Hopefully, fingers crossed, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, pound <laughs> on wood. Um, but the, with their past actions, they've earned that right. And with everything that Phil, Phil Spencer has done with the last couple of years, he's earned the right to not immediately assume, oh, they're just going to, you know, uh, gatekeep all their shit. They might do it on like a specific title. There might be like something like, oh, this is so awesome. We just want it for ourselves for a couple of months. But ultimately, Microsoft is a business and you make money by selling games and they're they're banking their future rightfully so on backwards compatibility not gatekeeping people out per a generation and value in services because let's face it we have moved basically to a service society we get streaming content as a service i get my razors for shaving my face delivered monthly by mail as a service hmm. some people get meal kit deliveries a couple three times four or five times a month as a service we get dog treats and cat treats and other pet treats with other things in boxes as a service. That's that's kind of where everything's gone. So yeah, yeah. The only other ones I can think of, I was going to say Ninja Theory, but they have them already. Uh, Naughty Dog, but I don't see them taking them away from Sony. And uh, the only other like big big one <clears throat> would be Rockstar. But that would take a lot of money, isn't that also yeah, Take Two as well? I think. Yeah, that's Take Two so. Interactive. So yeah, and that would be a huge get. But there's also not a chance in hell that they would sell that. With yeah, GTA Online alone makes Rockstar more money than they know what to do with. So they they literally have no reason to sell unless like a couple three people on the board just want to cash out mm-hmm. and golden parachute their way to their own private island. Yeah. So, I just thinking. I'm just thinking of other companies that are good and have, um, you know, are, are worth some stuff. So, uh, so let's talk about how much they brought them for. Seven point five billion dollars, which is a lot of money. Um, what do you think of that amount? I know it doesn't mean much to us because we're not paying any of it or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I honestly think it is a fair price when you look at the fact that they are buying Zenimax. Um, that's less than a billion a studio because there's like nine, I think, studios that are part of that Zenimax family. Quite a few. Yeah. So breaking that down, absolutely value. If you look at some of the bigger titles that have sold well, it kind of justifies the price. Go back, going back to what I said, some of those titles, uh, they do need a serious kick in the ass in terms of be better, do better graphics. Because um, obviously graphics aren't everything, but they immerse you or they break you out of that immersion um so hopefully this will force them down a better path with better engines and ultimately make better games mm-hmm. yeah so we shall see uh but i think that's pretty much everything that we've got on um this bethesda stuff uh, unless you've got anything else you want to add to that nope cool so we'll see what the future holds with that uh one thing that we i think we mentioned it last week but i definitely didn't read the list uh when we had the big uh, playstation 5 presentation if you want to call it that the uh, ps plus games collection so this is going to be available on your ps5 it's a bunch of playstation 4 games that will be available on your playstation 5 through uh playstation plus so we've got uh god of war 
Bloodborne, Monster Hunter World, Final Fantasy 15, Fallout 4, Mortal Kombat 10, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, uh, Ratchet & Clank, that's the 2016 remaster of the first game, uh, Days Gone, Until Dawn, Detroit Become Human, Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, Last Guardian, The Last of Us, the first one, uh, Persona 5, and Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Uh, so what do you think of that list of games? Uh, I read that a couple of times, and I'm not entirely sure. Is this like a going to be like a monthly service added on to PlayStation Plus at an additional cost, that's, or what's going on with it? That's one thing they didn't quite make clear. They just sort of said that this will be the games available at launch. My assumption, now this is just me assuming this, so I could be wrong. Maybe for like the first month that PlayStation 5 is released, they'll be available. Because PlayStation Plus is a monthly rotational thing. Um... Plus, they won't be able to. They won't really have any PlayStation Five games to give you with PlayStation Plus at launch because they'll only have a few games anyway. Um, so that would be what what I think is is going to happen. It would be good if it was like a permanent sort of collection that, like, okay, if, if you get a PlayStation Five in January or something, um, that it will maybe still be available there. But we shall see. So, um, but any thoughts on the list of the games? I mean, it's a good list. There's no denying that there's a good list. Mm-hmm. Uh, my concern is that I just don't know enough about the specifics of it. Yeah. Does that mean yeah. they're going to increase uh, the PS Now as these streams, uh, like it is with uh, PlayStation Now? Are these going to be able to download to PS5? Is it going to be your old games with backwards compatibility? If it is your old game, are the cloud saves going to sync? That's There's a lot of questions, let's just say. Okay, fair enough. Um, why, my one little kind of nitpicky question here is, you've got Uncharted 4, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you get yourself or somebody else a PlayStation 5 in November, and you let, let's say you didn't have a PlayStation 4, or you did have, but maybe you got rid of it, or you, you haven't really explored the PS4 library of games. Let's say that you see all these games on there. You you subscribe to play. You unbox your PlayStation, set it up, and all that. You subscribe to PlayStation Plus. You look at these these games, and you've let's say you've heard good things about Uncharted. Okay, Uncharted Four is there, but you can't start with Uncharted Four. I'm kind of wondering why they didn't put the collection in there. Um, like Lost Lost Legacy, you can play later. It's kind of like a spin off thing that you you should play after after Uncharted Four, but yeah, it's not really a great idea to start that series with the fourth and then just miss the first three. Because the, the Uncharted Collection is a PlayStation 4 game, which they could have put on here. Um, which I think was a PlayStation Plus game at one point, but obviously isn't available at the moment. Um, any thoughts on that? Just like in terms of like entry points for, for new players and stuff. Uh, it's definitely more geared towards a newer player than an older player, just because... Like I said, with the backwards compatibility, with the past cloud save games, you really, it, it's more of a fresh start kind of a thing. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, you got the first Last of Us and not the second, so at least that gives you an entry point to Last of Us. Um, Persona 5, I think you can just play that as Persona 5. Resident Evil 7 basically acts like a new start with some previous connections and that. Um, but that's pretty much all of them. So, uh, but I think it's a uh, relatively good list. There's some good uh, big PlayStation games in there. So, uh, let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Speaking of CD Projekt Red, uh, you said that you managed to see the is it Night City episode three? I didn't get round yeah. to watching it, and I also don't 
really need to see any more of that game necessarily. Um, what did they show for that? Yeah, they they showed a lot. They're trying to avoid spoilers at at all costs. That's a good idea. So yeah, yeah so they're mostly <laughs> just doing uh, like background stuff, stuff that you would be learning anyway. Um, so they introduced all the games. Uh, there's a game called Maelstrom. Uh, there, which is a looks like it's a very cyber influenced uh, gang. They're they're very much into the um, body modifications adaptations. Uh, there's Sixth Street and Valentinos, which are at war with each other. Uh, there's a gang called Voodoo Boys that are like mostly super hackers. Um, animals are just like psychos. Uh, Tiger Claros are black market, and they just give you a lot of background to that, to those gangs. Like the, I mean, it's bare bones minimum in terms of the information that they're giving out. They're just doing like brief introductions. Um, they also drop the uh, PC requirements for everybody that's got the game on PC. Uh, it's Windows 10 or Windows 7, 64-bit or better. Um, DirectX 12. Uh, you're going to either need a Intel Core i5 3570K or AMD FX8310, which is not the newest processor, but it's fairly new. Uh, you're going to have a minimum 8-gig RAM and a G4 780 uh, 3-gig or AMD Rayon uh, RX 470 graphics card or better, and 70 gigs of hard drive space. So... Those are like bare minimums, which I can't imagine the game running very good. Mm. Uh, their optimized listing is going to be an i7, Ryzen 3 or better, uh, 12 gigs of RAM, and obviously better graphics cards. But this is going to be one of those that makes some builds cry a little bit. Mm. Um, they also touched on mods a bit. So they said that they are going to be available for PC at launch, but obviously... Um, those are going to be very, very few because nobody's had the game to mod it. Um, they did announce that the they did have some fans that submitted some mods as part of a contest. Um, then the, the, they just said there's going to be more on that. Cool. Um, so they did a little bit more background character, a little more Q&A. Uh, one of the questions that was submitted was if you would be able to join a gang. And the developer that was on there at the time, whose name isn't listed in the article and I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, pretty much said no if you're not like super, super into them because your character V is playing as a mercenary. And so gangs don't really trust mercenaries outside of trusting them to get the job done because they treat the games more like families and it would be like bringing a random stranger into your family. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure that there might be like paths to take to eventually join a gang if you want to, but I gotta figure that's not gonna be like a super hard thing to do. Cool, cool. Uh, so one other thing that was released as well, a piece of information. It says here, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 senior quest uh, designer said, looking at the metrics. So this is about the game being shorter than The Witcher 3, which isn't very hard to do because The Witcher 3 is very long. Uh, looking yeah, at the... it's like I said, that's tri- like saying your movie is shorter than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at looking at the metrics, you see tremendous numbers of people played through The Witcher 3 really far, but never made it to the end. We want you to see the main 
uh, full story, so we did shorten the main story as well. Some people complained and said, like, oh, you know, they're going to shorten it, and then the rest of it you're going to see is DLC and whatever. The game's probably going to have DLC, but if The Witcher 3 is any indication, if they do have DLC, uh, it's going to be well worth it, because The Witcher 3's DLC was almost a game within itself. Um, I don't mind this. I mean, you know, the the open world's going to be pretty big itself. There's going to be a lot to explore, a lot to do. Um, and pe- people are going to be saying, like, oh, I did three hours of side quests and just got distracted. So it's not as if the game's going to be, like, five minutes long. Uh, the game's still probably going to be very big and uh, probably still well worth your money. So Yeah, and it's plus the way they're setting it up with your character backgrounds and the games... You know, it's not like this game has zero replayability once you finish the main game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a perfect uh, juxtapos- juxtaposition of this is L.A. Noir. Now, I loved L.A. Noir; it was a great game. But once you've played it, there's no reason to play it again. You solve the quests; the quests don't change. Uh, and I was, when I say quests, I mean like the crimes. Mm-hmm. And, and and unless you just like screwed something up and failed a mission or a, a mystery or something there's no replayability with that game unless you're like trophy hunting uh achievement hunting and you got to do all the stupid stuff and some of those achievements are kind of stupid let's be honest uh, but this game just screams this is my ninth playthrough this is my 12th playthrough oh i never saw this on five different playthroughs before so while the main story might not be as long, I got to figure it's got literally hundreds, if not possibly thousands of hours of potential in it. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because there's different paths you can take and obviously going to be different story options. Um, and yeah, just a, just a ton of ton of stuff to explore. So um, I'm sure it'll be well, well worth your money. Uh, we haven't heard about the game going gold yet. I would expect that to happen sometime next month. What do you think? Sometime in October. God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I've been waiting for the... Everybody that listens to this podcast for any length of time knows I've been waiting for this game for a long-ass time. And crazy enough, my hype has still not gone down for it. I mean, I've tempered it in the sense that I know I'm not going to be able to get it tomorrow. Um, but I I just want to play the game. Just everything I've seen from all the Night Cities. And this really goes back to that hour-long demo they showed on that live stream to where they showed the potential of the game mm. uh, now they have scaled back some things they said there's not going to be any, like wall running and wall crawling anymore uh, which is unfortunate because that it was a really cool aspect of the game but they just said they couldn't make it work and again this goes back to their reputation they said they couldn't make it work I trust that they're just they couldn't make it work and not we're cutting this because we're running out of time because they've delayed this like 17 times mm. yeah so um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great game nonetheless, and uh, I'm sure next month you'll hear something about it maybe going gold, so we shall see. Uh, last thing I have to talk about, which I don't need really any notes for, the Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time launch trailer. Um, just a, just a delight to watch, very short, very sweet, um, it's not as if there's like, you know, a ton of story stuff to kind of reveal or whatever. Um, they are putting a little bit more effort into the story this time, like they're, they're doing all this kind of fun dimension stuff and Tawana's from a different dimension and how does that kind of feed into things and um, the story's kind of feeding off of uh, the end of uh, I almost said Toy Story 3 for some reason Uh, Crash Bandicoot 3 with um, you know Crash sending Cortex back in time and that kind of feeds into things you see a little bit more of uh, Entropy 
or entropy um, in the trailer and you kind of get I think the first look at him I don't recall seeing him in the trailers before although I could have maybe I've just forgotten um, but yeah showed a little bit more a few more glimpses of some levels it looks like that there's one um, sort of in the sky with platforms that are moving so I look forward to falling off of that a bunch of times um, but um, yeah just just looks like a lot of fun and I uh, can't wait for um, when is October 2nd is that next Friday I'm pretty sure that's next Friday. That is next Friday. Cool. Nice. I uh, got the game pre-ordered. Like I, well, I played the demo, which you have to, you have to have to have uh, pre-ordered it digitally to get the demo. Which again, like I said last week, is not the right thing to do. I'm not, you know, standing with Activision or anything crazy like that. I've already explained that last week. But um, yeah, got it pre-ordered. Going to be playing that from. Uh, it should be available from midnight on Thursday. Like um like the Last of Us sort of was and that so, um don't have any plans to like do an instant sort of pre-order for any other games this year um because I'm gonna add all the others to my rent list things like you know Cyberpunk and well all, all the other stuff that's coming out this year so just uh, really looking forward to it. There's not too much to add in terms of the launch trailer but go and check it out if you want to. It's about two minutes or so on uh it's probably on a bunch of different YouTube channels by now but um yeah should be pretty good. Any thoughts to add to that i know that it's not really your game it's more yeah i mean it's not a game that i'm gonna play or put that much you know time into but like i've always said if it's something you love and you're getting more of it that's never a bad thing absolutely yeah as long as it's good as well so (laughs) yeah um but yeah i feel i do genuinely feel a bit lucky this year last of us 2 and crash bandicoot 4 in the same year and only a couple of months apart as well so um yeah, sometimes you've got to be... I know that, you know, some people might say, oh, it's a video game, you know, you're getting too excited or whatever. Sometimes you've got to, you've got to appreciate the little things in life as well. So, especially in 2020. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will see what that's like next week, Friday. Uh, but that's all my news and stuff. What did you want to talk about this week? Well, I know you already talked about it a little bit on the Geek Town mm-hmm. uh, the other day, but I did want to mention, for someone like myself, I don't get that in my podcatcher until... Um, like five o'clock on Tuesday. So the fact that we're recording on a Tuesday means I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But you did bring up the big uh, 1.3 patch for Marvel's Avengers. And I just, I was stunned. I mean, I knew your scoring of the game and I knew your opinions of the game. But the fact that the first patch c- clears up over a thousand bugs, I, no, you should not be list, um, launching a game in that state absolutely not yeah yeah like i said on um today's episode of geek town that's gone uh, gone out and is available to listen to why are you launching your game with a thousand bugs and I, I i stated this on the episode as well this is another example again now you know if you play this game if you like it cool i'm not going to try and take that away from you like you know if, like we said on the show before if, if there's something out there and you've spent your money on something and you're happy with what you've brought and you you enjoy it I'm I'm quite happy for you to to do that, but we've got to stop in this industry accepting bad AAA video games. And if if a thousand bugs in a game that's launched is not an indication of that, I don't know what is. Um, it, it's it's like like I said on on the the episode as well. Over the last couple of weeks, I've started to not see as much of it. I don't quite know why, but uh, for the last like couple of weeks since the game came out and stuff. I just saw video after video after video of like, hey, this thing's broken, this sound's not working, this texture's popping in and out. I was playing as Thor and I accidentally flew into the wall and um, it threw me out the map and I had had to abandon the mission. And then 
this vendor that you talk to in the game who repeats her same dialogue for at least a minute if not more i did it's it you know what's really strange to me as well is they did publicly announce that okay there's a thousand bugs in this game it's quite interesting to me that with the uh, not just from my perspective but from other people that are very much disliked the game and not been impressed with it it's just very interesting to me that you didn't really have to publicly announce that it's a thousand bugs or a thousand glitches or whatever but they did choose to do that and that's just an interesting choice to me to public it's kind of publicly saying like okay look how bad this game is because it's got a thousand bugs and glitches but don't worry we fixed it for you three weeks after the game came out or something and again i'm still seeing i'm still seeing people say to me like hey in in six months this game will be great and it will have you know more heroes and more content well then just release it in six months when you don't have a thousand bugs and however many problems so um yeah what do you think the situation yeah i mean that's something that's been plaguing the gaming industry for a while and this ties back to the kick in the pants that bethesda needs um they released a game that had way more than a thousand bugs i mean it took them a good year to get it to a really playable state and even a year after that to make it into an enjoyably playable state (laughs) And, and and unfortunately, until people start voting with their wallets, for me not liking that term, it unfortunately applies, until people stop buying these broken-ass games, we're not going to get any fixes. Mm. I mean, it's a part of it is on the sellers because it is so hard. Like, you can't do... You can't get a refund from a digital purchase, except on Steam, and even then, it's severely limited. And you can't get a refund that I know of from either the Microsoft or the PlayStation Store unless there's like extreme circumstances. The last one that I could think of was uh, either it was both um, uh, Gotham, it was uh, Ar- you know, uh, Arkham Knight yeah. and one of the uh, Street Fighter games. Both of those were just like severely, severely broken. But that's like two games out of the how many thousands that have come out in that time span yeah. that maybe weren't great, maybe weren't, uh, you know, perfect. And that, you know, people might have thought oh, I got ripped off on this and then wanted a refund and they can't get it. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm part of my I've kind of thought to myself before that like, because I've I've kind of gone off on one on this game. Like I've done that, you know, big. 30 minute podcast on it you know that the final thoughts podcast is what it's called i've talked about this game on social media um not because i've looked for the conversation but for the, because the conversation's been there and i've chosen to get involved and i've kind of thought to myself like hey maybe you should just like stop and calm down and stop going on about this game and then they come out with a statement of okay we're fixing we've we're trying to fix a thousand bugs and it's like okay you, you're just you're just adding to it you you and you've done that to yourself like yeah so there we go um but uh i would advise you i mean we can never we we can't say to the audience like we demand that you do or don't buy this product we can only recommend yeah we're here to give you mini reviews and give recommendations and talk about our opinions and all we can do at the end of the day is you know recommend that the audience do or don't buy or don't play something or whatever um but yeah uh, and at the end of the day it's all our opinions and so all you can do is just use our track record as your own sounding board of should I get this or not. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I've been fair. And if you catch me on something that I've, you know, backtracked on without admitting that I'm backtracking on it, call me out. 
I don't mind people telling me I'm wrong when I'm wrong on something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but my recommendation would be that you do not buy this video game. So there we go, which I think I've made quite clear at this point anyway. So yeah, and, uh, and my thing is, is that if you see it like on a crazy discount sale for like you know five ten bucks, at at worst you're out five ten bucks versus the people that are out what like forty sixty depending on how much money they've tried to spend on this game so far. Mm-hmm. Or the one guy on Twitter who said to me like, "Hey, screw you, I've spent." Um, uh, what was it? He said, "Oh, I bought the game for sixty dollars, and I've spent um sixty dollars on cosmetics." And he was like, "Oh, like saying screw you and stuff like that," and um and that sort of thing. He was saying, "I can't remember exactly what he said, but something like, oh, I spent a hundred and twenty dollars on this on this bad boy of a game or whatever.'" And this first thing that popped into my mind was, "Okay, I've called this game a cash grab," and here's an actual example of they've grabbed the cash from him they've grabbed the not just the 60 dollars for the game but an extra 60 for whatever cosmetics he brought so Mm -hmm. yeah and i i defend your right to spend your money on whatever you want but just know that on some things i will mock you for it much like (laughs) anybody that spent the 50 dollars on bella delphine's bathwater. is that how much it was I think I, I, I saw I know, videos. I know what you're talking it. about. I don't remember ever seeing a price for it though. But I I, 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 I want to say about. that I've seen people that put videos on YouTube saying they got it, but I don't know if they just like got a good still of the logo and then just recreated the logo because that's all you really would have had to do is just mm. you know get find the same size jar. I'm sure you could find that on eBay real quick or Amazon real easy. You know, little little Photoshop. You know, make a fake label and just say you've got it. You know, for clickbait on your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, let's move away from the un- unassembled Avengers. Uh, what do you want to talk? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Well, staying with the thing uh, theme of things that are unacceptable, uh, Marvel, and well, when I say Marvel, I mean specifically Insomniac Games that made the Spider-Man movie. Uh, just did a multiple video game. Video game. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. The, the Spider-Man video game, which I liked. It was a very good video game, but they just mm-hmm. did multiple face palms. Like, like they're having a jolly smacking themselves in the face from the stupid shit they're doing. Uh, the first thing they did was confirm to a Twitter re- account reply asking if there's, ever go- if there's going to be a uh, remastered physical edition released for the PS5, which the Insomniac Games Twitter account replied no. And then they also followed up that tweet saying that cloud saves from the PS4 will not transfer to the remaster of the PS5. And they also said that the uh, PS4 version of Miles is going to be PS4 quality, and then the PS5 version is not getting the PS5. Well, if you get a PS5 and you play your PS4 version on the PS5, you're not going to be getting the PS5 upgrades. So not only are you going to have to buy the same game twice at a higher cost because of the add-ons to play the best version of the game, if they're, if they're not bringing the cloud saves over, then you can guarantee, even though the article doesn't mention it, that they're not going to bring any of the DLC for that game over. Hmm. So, And this is their right to do it. They've never positioned themselves as all of our games are going to work on the PS5 from PS4 and back. They've actually been very adamant that they're not doing that. And that's their right, but it just makes me not want to get the, you know, the console any sooner than I actually absolutely have to 
Hmm. Just because why buy it if my games aren't going to look any better? So I have a few questions here, obviously, but I have one particular off-the-top question. So they said that the the PS5 version of Spider-Man Miles Morales won't be available physically. Is that correct? The remaster. So the remaster that comes with Miles Morales for the 4 and the 5 are going to be digital only. Okay, because my, my question was going to be how come that there's box art for uh because you have to have box art on the um you can buy digital copies not on the the playstation store or like you can go to amazon and buy a code for a digital copy of a game and then you just enter that code into the store of whatever console you're on and get that game so there's no actual requirement to have it on the store but the box art just shows you know what the game is that's why you see a lot of games that haven't been officially like announced, announced, but everybody knows that they're making mm-hmm. have such generic box art. They're placeholders. Right. Yeah. So they'll take the time to have one of their graphic artists make a really cool box art for Miles Morales and then not sell it so you can't get it. Now you can always just take the image, take it to a place that prints like high quality stuff, you know, buy a, an empty PlayStation 4 or 5 box and put it in there just so you can have it like on your shelf to look at nothing stopping you from doing that but yeah there's there's gonna be no physical copies for the remaster okay so the so if i still want because i'm genuinely getting a bit confused by this situation because I've, I've seen some of this information over the last couple of days and some of it is just a bit baffling um so i can still get the spot the mars morales game on on ps5 yeah, you'll be able to buy the PS5 version of it physically. Uh huh. Okay, so it's just the it's just the Spider-Man, the original, the first game, the remaster, that won't mm-hmm. be available. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, um, the online shopping isn't making it any easier. Like I found uh, the PS4 Miles Morales posting on Amazon. And they use the blank templates for the packaging dimensions, the ratings, things like that. But it doesn't say digital only. So, mm-hmm. where where they kind of really need to get called out for is why can't you do a save transfer? If I can, from the the list I read out earlier, go and download Uncharted Four or God of War, or whatever, or last the first Last of Us, which is part of that PS Plus collection that I read out. How come I can't do that with yeah, the the save files thing doesn't make any sense to me because you also literally have cloud saves integrated into your PS Plus thing as well. So I, I don't understand how they've dropped the ball with that. So that doesn't make well, sense. Well, let's be honest. The company that can't let you change your username without fucking a bunch of shit up isn't going to be able to do right, cloud but, saves but very well. if I can well, do that with... I, I'm going to say, if I go on my, on my PS4 now and try to back up, I don't know, Last of Us save or... Uh, um, Call of Duty campaign save or something like that. How come I can't do that for a game that's? I, d- I don't understand that. So well, they're they're being specific in that the Dave's, the uh, save data files will not transfer between either the remastered edition or the PS5. So why they're doing but, that, I don't know. But they're both that's, coming that's out a... on PS4 and five, and if I should just be able to pull that from the cloud. So you yeah. you would think that, and I agree with your thinking that you should think that you should be able to do that but the fact remains that as of now you can't do that that might mm-hmm. change in the future they might fix whatever 
antiquated crap they use for their system to let you change that and fix that, but mm-hmm. for now, no. I'll tell you something cloud-wise that surprised me, right? I've I've got um my old iPhone and the iPhone I'm currently using at the moment, and they've both got kind of battery problems, so I'm switching between the two. Basically, I'm having one on charge while I use the other, and then I have a sort of system set up for that. And then I went to update the Entertainment Tool Instagram with, you know, the live review and Star Trek thing and all that. And I remembered I, I was on one device, on one of the phones. I saved the photo, I think this morning or something. And then later on, I thought, oh, yeah, I haven't updated the Instagram. I was on my other, I went to the other phone because, again, the, the battery was kind of dying and stuff. Switched over and, um, what was it, Lo- opened the, the gallery to see if the photos were there. And as soon as I opened it, both it said like uploading two items or three items. So the the three that I saved from earlier, and they were just there. And I thought, oh, that's good. I don't have to like you know go back through the website and like save the pictures again. And um, yeah, it's sometimes it's uh, it's a bit simpler than what it, what it can be. So uh, I know that's a different situation. That's a simple photo as opposed to a save file, but there's still pretty simple things to transfer, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. But um, there we go. But yeah, I, I don't really get how they sort of dropped the ball with uh, with this. So, um, but what would you? I mean, you've kind of given some thoughts already. So, um, do you have anything else you want to add to this? I just think it's bad business. I think it's yeah. not giving your fans your devoted. Let's face it, fan base at both sides. You know, Xbox and PlayStation have their devoted fan base. It's just not giving them the value for their money, and it's basically saying. What you've already paid for before, we don't care about. We want you to buy the new shit. Mm. Yeah. So, we shall see. Uh, right, let's move on from that. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Blizzard announced that BlizzCon <laughs> Online is happening February 2021. Uh, That's going to take place over two days. Um, thankfully, it being online, you don't have to pay overpriced hotel rates in a crap town uh you're gonna get your your constant staples for uh, art cosplay storytelling things like that um they're trying to find a way to hold the march of the murlocs which apparently is uh, a blizzcon tradition i have no idea what that is i couldn't tell you either yep uh they also said that there's going to be a developer showcase um Nothing's been confirmed yet, but the article is hoping that they get details on Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, Diablo Immortal, uh, Future of World of Warcraft, and Shadowlands. I forgot um, Overwatch 2 was announced. That was a long time ago as well. Yep. I completely um, forgot. So. And I, it doesn't say, it actually says in the article, no details have been announced for Overwatch 2 yet outside of its own existence. So, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I and I know I just kind of dunked on the city there for a bit, but I'm sorry, four hundred dollars a night for a hotel room. What? When you're, yeah, some of those hotel rooms are like <laughs> three, four hundred dollars a night, and you're like four or five miles from the convention center. It's uh, California yeah. is a crazy, ta- crazy state, and it's crazy expensive depending on where you're at. Um, I know a guy there that was in uh, an area, and he rented a car, and the car got towed, and the tow fee was eight hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, with like Overwatch Two and stuff, um, I'm not particularly interested in jumping back into the multiplayer because if it's not clear at this point, I've I haven't even mentioned Overwatch for a good few months, maybe maybe a year, because obviously my my online gaming switched to uh, Call of Duty, which is 
been out for almost about a year, so it must have been about that about that length of time. Um, but Overwatch has got the potential to do something really interesting campaign-wise. You know, they do have some some colourful, interesting characters. Um, what I mean by colourful is personality-wise. You know, you got some yeah. bubbly, bu- bubbly, fun characters in there. Is is what I mean. Don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Um, but uh, you could make an interesting story with that. They even did some interesting stuff with the the shorts that they've done um, as well, like with the character introductions and uh, just some other stuff that they've they've done as well. Um, so if they have a good single player campaign, I'll be interested in jumping back. But um, other than that, with with Blizzard games specifically, um, I don't have uh, too much particular interest. I mean, with Activision games, obviously you've got Call of Duty, you've got uh, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. I kind of like. Um, but, uh, and then got, you know, Tony Hawk as well, so, but in terms of the Blizzard side of things, uh, Diablo and all those games, um, it's not, uh, not really my cup of tea, so, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I haven't played Overwatch in I don't know how long, um, you remember my buddy that at one point was like, uh, yeah, he, at one point he was a diamond or master, I also don't remember which one was higher, ranked in like two different characters, yeah, uh, now he streams PGA 2021. So that's okay. that's a thing now. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, hopefully he's doing doing well and all that. So, um, cool. Is that what we've got for for that? I guess I so. got one more, a little bit after the massive flex that was uh, Microsoft buying uh, Zenimax Software. They did a follow up flex by announcing some details on new controllers. Uh, so they released three images of new controllers. There is the carbon black the robot white and the uh what are they calling it the shock blue yeah so the uh, robot white is an all white case with the all black uh, buttons and the standard colors underneath the uh, xyab buttons uh the uh the carbon black is an all black with uh no accent features with the same colors under the buttons uh the shock blue is a little bit of a departure it is a blue front case with a white back case and then black buttons with blue letters for the X, Y, B, and A. Hmm. Uh, they all look really, really cool. They all have the hybrid D-pad to where it's halfway between what you see on the Elite 2 controller and the uh, controllers that are out now. And, and the minor flex was that they announced that the controllers are going to remain at the standard $60 price tag that you would get on the uh, Xbox One series controllers. Uh, They also announced that they're going to be releasing a rechargeable battery pack and USB-C cable uh, to both fully charge the battery and connect it into a PC, or they're going to be releasing a uh, little dongle that you can plug into your PC to do that wirelessly. Uh, both of those, either the cord or the dongle, are going to be $25, which is the same price that they are for uh, the current generation of controllers. So basically, they're just saying, yeah, we're not going to charge you more for stuff. Cool. Um, I've not, uh, I've unfortunately not seen these pictures, so I can't give you my opinion. So I'll have to do that next week. But um, in terms of, I think I mentioned this before, in terms of like consoles and controllers and different design options, I usually just tend to go with what I get for the for the normal stuff so I've still got the black um, PS4 and Xbox and then I've got uh, or Xbox one sorry and then I've got um, you know the the fat black um, PS3 I think it's the 60 gigabyte 40 gigabyte one of those ones um, and then I have the um, 
Oh, what colours is it? Blue and something else for the the Switch Joy-Cons. Um, but in terms of controllers, I've never really looked into getting you know different coloured ones. I've just not really felt the need to necessarily. Uh, the only other PS4 controller that I've got is the you know the big uh, Nikon ones. I think that's mm-hmm. what they're called, Nikon Nikon ones. Um, the controller's slightly too big for my hand, so I don't actually use it unfortunately. But uh, it's a it's a good option if um my controller does break or die or whatever so um but yeah I'll, I'll have to have a look at these images and then uh give some thoughts at a different time so yeah and i'm i have one specialty controller that i bought because i thought it looked really really cool mm-hmm. and then i bought a second controller because the controller that came with the console that i had at the time quit working and then when i upgraded to the 1s i had a third controller but i never used it i never plugged it in and then like a good like Two years ago, I want to say, my cousin randomly calls me up. It's like, hey, can you come over? I'm having some problems with this Xbox. Can you take a look at it? I'm like, yeah. It's just like, oh, I realize he's got a 10-year-old kid, and his kid probably has a bunch of friends. So I just grabbed that third controller that I literally had not used since I bought the PlayStation mm-hmm. you know, 1S and just gave it to him to have as an extra controller. Um, and as for PlayStation, I had a, a white controller and then the uh, right trigger broke, and so they were having a sale at GameStop. So I got a blue com- uh, blue camo controller for like twenty bucks, and that's pretty much the only one that I use. But um, these look really really cool. Um, I still don't know what that third button is in the middle with like the little bracket with the arrow jumping out of it. I'm sure it's some function for um, Series X for sharing or things like that. But the specifics, I forget what those are. So. And I don't really do anything like that anyway, so maybe it's just like um, just like a quick button that I might use hmm. eventually, but maybe not. Yeah. So I do I do use the uh, share button on uh, PS4 because that's how I record the Let's Play Sundays episodes. I press that yeah. twice, and then as soon as the well, not as soon as uh, the video little thing comes up with the red dot, and then I wait a couple of seconds, and then uh, go from there. And then once I'm done, press the button twice. It says clip saved. I go over to gallery, upload to YouTube, and then go from there. Um, yeah, and I can do that on the Xbox. I can go into hit the jewel and then go into a couple tabs and then just hit record last five minutes, or I can set it up to record. I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so. I want to mention as well, speaking of recording stuff, what did you think of that um, Last of Us 2 clip? I think oh, <laughs> I what did I say? I said that was very, very boys-like, boys. which is exactly what very... David said, yeah. Well, great minds think alike. What can I tell yeah. you? Yeah. Um if you for those of you that have missed it, it's not available on the on the website but it's on the YouTube channel. I also recorded a little uh I don't think I sent it to you, like an aftermath thing. Um where I basically just looked around the bodies and just saw kind of the, the damage that was done. The carnage. Yeah, the carnage that was done. Uh it's funny because I wasn't recording anything at that point. I was just playing the game normally. I thought I need to capture it like quick, how can I do this? And um just clicked on the I think it was save video or, sh- or share video thing. It gave me a 45 minute clip, and I thought, oh, I hope it's I hope it's in here. And then it was in the last minute or so. I must have had a setting to where, like, if I press that button, um, it saves like a 45 minute clip for some reason. But hey, I got to, got what I wanted in the end. So yeah, um, on Microsoft it does kind of like a soft lag record, and then you can just timestamp tag it to where it, like record last five mm-hmm. minutes, record last 30 seconds, yeah. and then it'll just create a file as that, and then you can edit it from there. Yeah, uh, but if you want to see that, <coughs> excuse me. If you want to see that, it's available on the Entertainment Talk Plays YouTube channel. So uh, check that out. It's only like 
10 seconds long so uh, but that's that's one of the moments I was like okay I need to I need to show people this you know so uh, pretty good uh, what else did you want to talk about today uh, that's all I had so cool uh, let's get into some emails some feedback and whatnot if you would like to send in your thoughts feelings questions comments or maybe concerns about video games we'll have those as well uh, or anything related to entertainment talk Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org Twitter eTalk UK there's a contact page and information in your show notes uh, Kyle says, hey fellas, how do you feel about the Bethesda news? Personally, I feel it's a good way to put pressure on PlayStation and make them have a look at acquisitions that they need to do themselves. Um, so we already obviously talked for about a good 20 minutes about the Bethesda news. Um, but in terms of PlayStation, which is what Kyle's asking here, um, do you feel like this? Thing, do you think this puts pressure on them? Or how do you think Sony might sort of react to this if they do? It all. gives it definitely gives Microsoft the ability to put pressure on Sony. Like yeah. we talked about before, whether or not they do is really Phil Spencer's call. Mm-hmm. And he's never been like the super pressure thing, but he might start doing that more going forward. Um, just because it gives it does give them the ability to seriously hamper uh, Sony's ability, and it gives them a serious leg up in terms of uh, exclusive content. Whether or not they go that direction, I don't know, but it definitely sets them up to win more than anything it's an else. Option. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I do think it puts a bit of pressure on PlayStation because you know one of the things I think we can all agree in terms of the, the dominance of the current, it was still in the current generation. We're still in the PS4, Xbox One generation. Um, is the exclusives, which was one of the biggest things, one of the biggest wins for PlayStation. Um, and it does put somewhat of a you know pressure on them. Um. I guess we should have another conversation as well about because we spoke about okay if if you if they didn't buy Bethesda what would Xbox look at and we talked about that already. Who do you feel like Sony could be in a good position to get any uh, particular ideas? Because I know they did recently do the uh, Insomniac purchase, but that was a uh, a few months ago. So, any ideas? Uh, nobody really. I mean, there's there's fran- there's franchises out there like. Uh, mm. Sony, I mean not Sony, Sega is a possibility. Um they could do that possibly. Um maybe Kojima just out of spite. Um right. I don't see them Kojima doing that, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be more of somebody trying to troll than anything like that, but uh there's I mean they could. They're definitely not in a position to where they can't. I just don't need, know that they need to right now. I mean, they already missed out on Bethesda, so yeah. Um, the one that springs to mind for me, I don't think they own uh, Blue Point, but they've been the ones that are, they're doing the Demon Souls remaster. They did mm-hmm. the uh, Last Guardian remaster. They're basically their remaster company, if you will. Uh, although they could, you know, eventually change and make make uh, new games and whatnot. Um I don't think they own that company, so that that could be I mean they're working with them and they have been for the last two game releases, uh with Demon Souls and Last Guardian. Um <clears throat> but uh that that's one that would make sense to me. Um a lot of people is it's so funny, a lot of people were saying like, oh Sony should bo- go and buy Konami. It's just it's a little bit funny to me, like, you know, you have all you had the Silent Hill rumors which I completely have dismissed. Could still happen. They could they could be a Silent Hill game in development, but I really doubt it. Um and then some people are saying like they they should go and buy Konami. Um I really doubt that's gonna happen because K- K- Konami just doesn't want to 
do anything. <laughs> like they they just they just don't. They they've got their pachinko machines and they they seem to be happy with that. So yeah. Um, but I mean that would if the, if that did let's say hypothetically that did happen that would be a big win for them because then they could make good Metal Gear games they could make this hypothetical Silent Hill game that's apparently in development. Um, I mean the first thing they could do is you know if they did buy Konami, get them to go back and remaster all the you know remaster the Silent Hill games, remaster the uh, Castlevania games, remaster the Metal Gear games. Um, that would bring a lot of nostalgic joy to uh, a lot of people, and again it would be a chance to bring in uh, new audiences that haven't really experienced that franchise, especially for people that you know did play speaking of Death Stranding and Kojima Productions um if you did get you know people that people that played that and really enjoyed what Kojima did there and then saw these Metal Gear games they get remastered that would presumably bring that audience back as well but uh I don't think that's going to be happening so no I don't see that happening no no um all right so I think we answered that uh, Nathan says with Xbox having the value of Game Pass and PlayStation having the value with exclusives how do you see this playing out so I think he means over the next over the next period of you know Xbox Series S and X and the PS5 um yeah how how do you kind of see that playing out with you know God of War Horizon Spider-Man etc etc and then what Xbox is doing with Game Pass what do you think yeah, a lot of people that I've been following online are openly wondering if they're going to raise the price of Game Pass because of the acquisition. Hmm. I could see the justification for it, but I don't see them doing that because the whole point of Game Pass is them to be able to hammer on value. Um, and I know I've brought this up a couple of times. That if, you've, if you've never seen the whole developers meme with the Microsoft executive on the stage and he literally is pounding his fist saying developers 27 times in a row. Um, and that's hilarious, by the way. You should you should go see that. They're, they've been harping the value of Game Pass for like the th- last three, four years. Mm. And especially with this acquisition, even if they don't raise it now, if they just raise it like like three years from now, but let people have those three years of that value... And then once the current contracts expire with the multi-games and then the stuff that comes out from those developers, not even just the Bethesda stuff, but like any of the developers like Inexile or Obsidian or uh, any of those guys, Ninja Theory, uh, Undead Labs. Well, not Undead Labs because everything Unlabs does is Microsoft exclusive anyway. Yeah. But, you know they just start getting more and more exclusives and more and more games that either won't be out on PlayStation, but it'll be out in a year after that when nobody cares except for the people that refuse to buy a Microsoft uh, console. Um, That definitely puts them in a better better position to flip both both the exclusives back to their side while maintaining the value on their side, so... Yeah. Um, That kind of reminds me, now that you mentioned Undead Labs... uh... State of Decay would be a good one for Switch. That could easily run on Switch. So. Yeah, that one... I mean, I don't know how well Unreal Engine 3 runs on Switch, but I'm sure they could figure it out making it work. And it's not like Microsoft hasn't done that before. They put uh, uh, Minecraft on Switch, but then again, that's not yeah. really a, a hard technical demand to put Minecraft both, on Switch. Um, both Ori games as well. Uh, both Ori games as well. Yeah, which I, I think we can say is a little bit more demanding than... Um, uh, Minecraft. Well, they so. got Doom and Skyrim to work on it, so yeah, and a admittedly downgraded version, but Witcher Three's on there. Yeah, so so I mean, it's in the realm of possibilities. Whether or not that happens, that's just yeah. going to be a money decision. 
can mm-hmm. we sell enough units on this device to, to justify the cost of putting it on that device? And with think, Minecraft, I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you think uh, GTA 4 is probably a little bit old to put on Switch? I mean, you can still put it on there, so, you know, another game to put on there. You could, but it I wonder if GTA 5 could be put on Switch. GTA 5, no, but GTA, and none of the GTA games are really the target market for the age demographic that most Switch users are. Hmm. Let's be fair. That is, I know you own one, but that game, that console, does skew more towards the the sixteen and under crowd. Yeah. And while I'm saying I can't, you know, you can play those games at that age, a lot of parents aren't going to allow that. So they probably wouldn't do that just because they don't think they could sell enough units. Just because there's not that many. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are gamers that are older that have the Switch, but the numbers versus the ones like if you if you broke down the user base of switch to 18 and older and then under 18 you gotta figure that's swinging way more heavy towards the under 18 yeah yeah so uh going back to nathan's question though um to me i mean like i said i I think playstations won this generation because won it in quotes you know whatever that's supposed to mean sales wise or whatever um and like critically and stuff uh i think i think that will happen again but i think game pass the competition between basically game pass which includes xbox exclusives or whatever they deem exclusive these days um i still think playstation will win that battle but i think it will be a lot closer if if you get what i mean so i I, i'm not like completely dismissing the value of game pass i think it's great there's lots of games on there and it's very cheap I still just think that when Sony comes out with like, okay, here's God of War 2, here's Horizon, here's eventually Spider-Man 2 as well as Miles Morales, here is, you know, the new Ratchet game, here's whatever they do after that, um, or when when Uncharted probably comes back and that sort of thing, I just think that's going to continue to win. Where I think that could maybe change in the later parts of the Series X PS5 generation is, okay, when when we get like... So, so whatever, whatever, like Obsidian and NXR and all, all these other, all the other acquisitions that Microsoft made that we don't know about their games yet, because we know that obviously Ninja Theory is doing Hellblade Two. That's going to be soon-ish. Halo Infinite's coming out. I'm talking about the ones that they acquired that we don't know about yet. So people like Obsidian, NXR, and and some of the others. Uh, eventually, probably Gears of War Six. Hopefully, because I want a Gears of War Six. Um, I think when they maybe start to add some of these, you know, some they've got. I think someone said online 23 studios or something. When you start to really fill Game Pass up with those things, the, competi- the competition will get even closer. But I, I don't know. We'll-, we'll see when that time comes because that will be in probably another five to six years or so. So um, Yeah, I think in terms of winning, when there's a healthy competition, the only person that really wins are the gamers because we get, yeah, we get good games. that good yeah. stuff. Um, as for the actual Sony versus Nintendo, I'm going to put it in stages. I'm going to say whoever mean, gets to, to 20 million units. Xbox. Yeah, so for PlayStation 5 versus Xbox, and I'm counting Series okay. S and Series X, as well as the PlayStation Digital and uh, di- right, all of it. Yeah. Drive based. Combined sales, whoever get, gets to 20 million first is going to win the first leg of the race. That's going to put them ahead of the other, the other person. Because. Microsoft, as much as I like Microsoft, that that one, that original Xbox One launch was atrocious. <laughs> Don Matrick is a, still a tool, 
and they put themselves in a bad position to where they had to play catch up basically the rest of the generation. Yeah. But it looks like they've corrected the ship properly. They've got everything set up to where you get really good value with the S in terms of it's a hundred bucks cheaper than the digital on PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. Um, the X Series X is definitely the more powerful machine. So if you want that amped up graphics on a console, that's where you're going to go. Uh, they've set themselves up with having more value with the uh, you know tiered performance in that it'll run on your past stuff, but it'll just run so much better on the new stuff that incentivizes you to get the new stuff versus it's not even going to get cloud saves for at least one game confirmed going from four to five and maybe even just the remaster. I don't even know if the remastered PS4 version will do your cloud saves because that was not made clear in the Twitter thread. Mm -hmm. So they've definitely set themselves up as we're giving you more value for your money, whether that results in sales of units or not, we don't know. But then again, we also don't know how everything that's going on in the world is affecting production because we've already had multiple rumors about low production values. We had one just before last week, but that got clarified into that that was not accurate. But still, going back like a good three, four months ago, we had a story to where they they didn't think they could get 10 million units on the shelf Mm. by March. Not even like at launch for like the holiday, Christmas, American Thanksgiving, that two-month panic frenzy buying. They were saying to March they didn't know if they could get 10 million units on there. And they've since, you know, walked back from that. But if, let's say... Let's assume that's accurate. I don't know if that is or not, but let's assume that's accurate. Let's say, you know, we're in in uh, February, and combined the Series S and the Series X has 20 million sales, and then both versions of the PlayStation 5 is at about 12. That definitely puts Microsoft ahead in the lead, and then just you know the world evolves and things go from there. So, yeah. So we'll see how it. Uh all plays out in the future but um exciting times nonetheless so uh, and the last thing we have is a very quick question here from jack he says quick question game of the year so far question mark uh where everyone knows of mine is last of us part two um I yeah think that's, that's fairly obvious uh how about you well i generally stick to games that i've played so for now it's going to be ghost of tsushima i completely understand your choice you just bang on about it endlessly <laughs> so i know you absolutely love it and I've never been critical of the quality of the game, of the graphics, of the gameplay. It just it didn't catch me the way you did, much like Ghosts didn't catch you the way it caught me. Um, which is in, which a, is really interesting and makes well, for, yeah. That's why you yeah. want two people, at least on a podcast, that while they have the same appreciation of games, they don't just you know parrot it. Yes, men. Yes, men. Yes, men. Each other. You you got to get that difference of opinion in everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that cyberpunk blows me away but if cyberpunk doesn't blow me away then it's definitely going to be ghost because i don't think i can't think of anything that i've played that came out this year that might touch it um i'm i'm like 70 ish percent now probably going to pick up squadrons just because they do have it at a, a more reasonable price it is only a 40 dollar game versus like a 60 or a 70 okay. and it looks like yeah. they've really they got a good first person, uh, first player, a single, I'm sorry, single player story mode. They're starting to come out with little uh, vignettes of characters in the squadrons on both sides, both on the light side and the dark side. 
So it looks like it's going to be a really good story experience and have a fun multiplayer, which I honestly can't remember the last game that's had both. Mm-hmm. It's usually either one or another. Um, maybe, maybe Halo 4 might be the last one that I can think of. I know. Never played Titanfall two, and I know that had a story. I just I never played that game, so I can't really judge on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, me, I, I'm the, like seventy percent. For me, the only other two that could compete: uh, Crash Bandicoot four and Cyberpunk. I don't see Assassin's Creed being, to me at least, better than Last of Us. I don't see Star Wars Squadrons doing that. Um, I haven't played the Super Mario three D All Stars thing. Um, what other big games have we got? this year i know that uh, Watch Dogs legion which i'm looking forward to i just again i don't think that's going to be as good as last of us 2 um, i'm not even sure it's going to come out this year i mean did we ever get like an official hard date or a gold notice on that isn't it uh uh november something i mean let me double check a date for that yeah yeah uh it says october 29th but let's face it, nothing's 100% guaranteed until you get it in your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, until we hear it's uh, gone gold. Yeah. So, which, again, that should be that as well as Assassin's Creed and um, Cyberpunk should be uh, should get the check. Uh, yeah, and, and if anything, that's, that's kind of a, a bummer for the people that are going to get that game because that's coming out right before the new consoles launch. So I don't know how much time they're going to get with the old version before the new version comes out. Of which game, sorry? Uh, Watchdog Legions. It comes out the Is that October doing a free upgrade. I can't remember. I I know on Microsoft, probably ninety percent that it will. PlayStation, it's a it's a crapshoot whether it will or not. Yeah. Cy- Cyberpunk is. Um, I don't know about Crash Bandicoot Four actually. But, Cyberpunk um... actually comes out after the console's release, so if you have the console, you'll probably be playing the better version of it, or at least you'll have the chance for. Uh, the uh, free upgrade yeah. uh, cyberpunk i know for a fact that they said on microsoft platform it will be the free upgrade yeah yeah so will avengers if you want to do that um but yeah last of us two just easy, easy answer for me so uh, and that's what we've got gosh we've recorded for quite a while but um lots of interesting mm-hmm. and cool stuff to chat about which is what we're here to do so uh, again if you have any thoughts feelings questions comments about anything that we've talked about here which is quite a lot of different stuff uh please do let us know your feedback thoughts questions feelings comments concerns whatever those would be uh, matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalkuk there's contact page and information in your show notes uh, something else which i don't often mention as well if you are listening through the website post version or if you're in it or even if you're not um if you click on that version of the podcast there is actually just an email box in there you can just type your email in type a message in and you can press send uh people have used it before i've tested it out and used it and used it so uh it's a sort of quick method to uh to send us an email as well so keep that in mind um but thank you all very much for listening we'll be back next week with another podcast as well discussing whatever that would be that will be that'll be the last one before crash 4 comes out actually so mm-hmm. um the, the podcast before all of that and then of course the one after that will be my impressions for the game for the actual full release so we'll see for that uh, but in the meantime you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org uh, the boys breaking bad some film reviews tv stuff gaming talk uh sports things if we ever sign another player ever again <laughs> whatever happens um but uh, you can find all that of course on entertainmenttalk.org if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk 
we are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for instant podcast, ad-free podcast, and review options. Uh, Amazon, affiliate link, Amazon affiliate link, sorry. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. That really helps us out as well. Just search for Entertainment Talk on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe rate and review if you can do so uh, you can also find david on geektown.co.uk uh, and uh, for, for your up-to-date reliable tv and film news uh, geektown radios on tuesday this week's episode is out and available to listen to which as we mentioned earlier has got me on it talking about the avengers game and uh, a whole bunch of other things um but yes if you go to geektown.co.uk or search for geektown on podcast services you can find that bex is still streaming daily on twitch if you search for Trista Bytes, that's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and search for that on Twitch, follow or subscribe to her on there, get involved with all that. Word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about our content and everybody else's content, website, iTunes feeds, Twitch feeds, all that good stuff. Um, as well, social media, of course, Facebook and Twitter, and if you can, in different Facebook groups, so look out for all that. And look out, of course, for the continuing Let's Play Sunday episodes. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.